Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, what is going on? It's your boy, Dwayne, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch. You know it. Friendly neighborhood Prince Botch over here. What's going on, guys? How y'all feeling? Y'all still hanging on in there pretty well? I hope you boys been keeping y'all pretty entertained, man. You know, we just been lining up guests after guests after guests. Bow, bow, bow after guests. Because that's how we do it here on Life's a Botch, man. And uh, I got a real dope guest in the house for y'all today, man. You know, on the Life's a Botch podcast, I like to give all my fellow wrestling fans, both casual, hardcore, and maybe you just, you know, getting new to the field. Maybe you a newcomer into this wrestling world. I like to give y'all perspectives from all sides, you know, all angles, as we say. So today, I got a real dope special guest in the house. He is a podcast host of X Marks the Spot, but also he is a referee, a native referee talent for Victory Championship Wrestling out of Mumford, Alabama. Mumford, Alabama, if you're listening, make some noise. Alabama as a whole, if, you make, if you're listening, make some noise. Hey, we got our boy, real dope brother, and I can't wait to introduce him to y'all, the one, the only, Daryl Shaw, how you feeling, my brother? What up, bro? How you doing, man? Good to man. be here. Hey, look, thanks for thanks for coming on to the show, man. It is an honor to have you on, man. Go ahead and tell the people about yourself a little bit real quick, man. Well, Daryl Shaw, referee for Victory Championship Wrestling at Mumford, Alabama. Been there almost a year now. Um, I got my own podcast, uh, X Marks the Spot. It's on Apple. It's on everything. Just... It's been, it's been doing this thing, man. I, I try not to, you know, brag about it. I don't want to be a little mark for myself, but, you know, <laughs> I, I've been really blessed. You know, I've been on the Apple charts, all that good stuff. So, I've, it's been been a good year so far, man. Okay, okay. Well, that's good, man. So, y'all already know to check that out, you know what I mean? Because podcast to podcast, we all support each other. So, you already know what time it is, man. Make sure you be sure you subscribe, follow, check out X Marks the Spot, and when things are back to a semi-norm, make sure you check out Victory Championship Wrestling while you're at it, because you're going to see my boy Full Mitter in the center, in the square circle, you know, arguing, telling the guys to bag back. You know how that go. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about, let's let's go to the basics here, and let's talk about what got you into the world of wrestling. What made you such a fan of this gorgeous sport that we love? <laughs> Man. I don't even know where to begin, man. I'm just like, you know, pretty much lifelong, man. I probably know more about wrestling than I do myself at this point, man. I, you, know, like, <laughs> you told me you started uh, watching when you were seven. I started when I was four. And wow. um, my dad brought a tape home one time. It was SummerSlam 90. And, man, the first thing I seen was Shawn Michaels selling a leg injury. And I was automatically hooked because I felt sorry for the guy. And I just kept watching and watching. And it just been on from then, nonstop. Wow. You take it back, too, because that that right there, for those who don't know, see, people know about Shawn Michaels, but they don't know about that era that Shawn Michaels came out of. You know what I mean? That oh, new generation yeah. era. You know what I mean? When yep. people forget that he actually carried he carried <laughs> WWF on his back for quite oh, a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah look, rough period, man. <laughs> Shawn Michaels the front runner, man. And I am telling you, like, it, it's crazy when you look back and appreciate, like, man, I didn't realize that was Gimmick City that oh. Shawn Michaels came out of. And it was just like, whoa, you know what I mean? 
Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you today when you recognize him, you really don't you forget about the gimmick of what Shawn Michaels was in a gimmick like era that he came from. Like he literally was just the guy that was such a great performer and like had such a charisma that you were just like in love with that. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And I was all into K Fabe because I hated him during the um, when he uh <laughs> had that party. Oh, he was dead to me. I I was not rocking with Shawn Michaels, man. I just hated his guts. Yes, yes. And I'm glad you mentioned K Fabe because as as a ref, you know, who 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 currently is in the ring, you know, let's let's talk about K Fabe for, for a quick sec. So like how how you know, as a referee, what is it like with dealing with K Fabe? Because you guys are actually in character in your own right. So yeah. What what? How do you deal? You know, after after learning about it now and actually being in the business and being a part of it, what? How how does that transition go and like playing that kayfabe role as a referee? Man, it's rough sometimes, man. You know, I know the guys, and a lot of the time they'll try to they'll try to break the ref. Like ninety nine percent of wrestlers out there will try to break the ref, like try to pop them in the ring by doing something stupid. Or if I gotta check they um. Like, check their wrists and knee pads. They're going to do something stupid then or just saying little stupid stuff in between. Like, they, they try to get you to smile. They, I don't know, man. It, it's tough sometimes, man, just trying to keep a – just trying to stay in that ref character because, you know, ultimately, like, you're the, the enforcer. Like, you're the most legit guy in the ring. So, you got to, like, translate that to the crowd. And you just got to be on it, man. This is especially with victory, man. It's just so much going on. They got hard, they got hard camps and they got, like, four cameramen on the floor. You got to mm-hmm. try to avoid them. Like still trying to work the hard cam and stay in yeah. here. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. <laughs> I already know it, man. So like, and that's and that's the crazy part, man, because I know with that kayfabe, man, it's just like you got to try to separate and be like, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, I'm in character right now. This ain't real. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. you gotta you gotta make it look like it's real though, yeah, because yeah. there's an audience that's like, yo, is this real? And they gonna really believe it's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you don't want to get heat on the ref. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's that's crazy, you know, because the I mean, when you think about all sports, and we'll we'll get into that, man. You know, when you think about referees in all sports and how that works, you know, but the fans definitely love to look at the referee as the ultimate hill sometimes, even though oh, you yeah. guys are the biggest baby faces half the time because you're right there in the middle. You know? I just got have a face. They still want to yell at me if I if I don't miss something or if somebody kicked out. Ah, oh, that was three. It was two. <laughs> Oh man, so okay, so you, you explain the basis of what got you into wrestling. Let's talk about how. So what 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 transitioned you? So like obviously you stuck with it and it became your life. And it just so at this point, past you know the the stage of being a kid and to being a teenager, where oh uh, man, is it still cool to watch this? You know, because coming from an era where I mean nowadays it's cool to like any and everything you do like, because society is like bump it if that's what you love, that's what you love. Do yep. you? But back then, when we was coming up, man, you already know, man, shoot, if we found out in your teenage years, like, oh, man, you watch that wrestling stuff, bro? Yeah. Man, you was like, you know what I mean? You had to be kind of shy with it, and you know, only, you can only be yourself when you're around friends that actually understood what you understood, spoke yeah. the language that you speak, you know? Got but, uh, Wrestling fan. Yeah. Exactly, you know? So, so you got past that phase of life and all of that, so even in adulthood, so what, what, what really initiated you to want to get into the business, especially refereeing. Like, did you ever try to become a wrestler, or what made you go down the referee route? Man, honestly, I just like fell into the referee route. Like, you know, it's almost like a paying dues type deal. Cause 
you know, when, when you're a fan of something, like, you just can't let it go, then everybody got, you know, the thought crossed their mind, like, oh, man, maybe I should, you know, go out to be a wrestler. I just want to be a part of business to, to begin with. And I wasn't getting no younger. Like, I'm in my 30s now. So, yeah. and I started in my 30s, so I started relatively late. So, my first step was doing a podcast. And when I got some traction, I seen um, a commentary spot open at VCW because I know um, one of the guys there. Uh, mm-hmm. who was a ref at the time. So, you know, I, I reached out to the promoter and said, you know, I heard y'all looking for a commentator. He said, oh, yeah, just um, show up Saturday this time. So I went up to the building, uh, met Johnny Slaughter, a uh, big-time legend in Alabama who uh, runs VCW, and I um, introduced myself, you know, told him, told him what I was doing. Then a lot of the boys walked in. I met uh, this cat named Big Smooth who is, man, this dude right here, like, he. He go crazy in that ring, man. That <laughs> a 6'5", 385 pound dude that moves like a cruiserweight. And wow. he's actually the champion right now. And okay. I met all the guys. So now I went up to him. You know, they told me, first thing Johnny told me, like, the biggest thing is, you know, shake hands and introduce yourself. So anytime somebody walked in, hey, how you doing? I'm such and such. I'm trying not to be commentator. Mm-hmm. And I started getting, like, looked at kind of sideways because, for one, they seen how big I was. So they're looking like, commentator? <laughs> <laughs> in the ring <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking i'm like man i'm in my 30s man. i'm past all that i'm just trying to get in the business somehow so the dude uh scott wrestler that's supposed to train me for commentary you know he's like uh, running a little late he has something going on in birmingham mm-hmm. so hey, hey you know you know the ring wide open you know if you want to do some ring stuff you know go ahead so yeah. i went in there i hit the ropes i bumped i did a flip bump which popped everybody because they see the 300 pound dude do a flip bump and <laughs> yeah. they said they said, bump that commentary. You about to be a wrestler. <laughs> like <laughs> after after I bombed my commentary trial, cause I was terrible. I'm thinking, oh, I talk smack about wrestling all the time. But man, as soon as I put that headset on, I sucked. So <laughs> I are basically I just enrolled in an academy and just training, you know, as a wrestler, because you no know, refs and wrestlers go through like the same training anyway. So I'm just going through like the regular thing and you know, they they needed a ref. So they're like, hey, you want a ref? I'm like, cool. I'm like but as far as there, like, I done did, I did commentary, I've ring announced, like, they even wanted me to put a mask on and do a job, but the, the night I was going to do that, that's another announcer going to show up, hey, we need you to ring announce, cool, so I've pretty much been, i pretty much paid my dues in a short period of time in the wrestling, like, and I've just fell into the position I am now, and I love it. Love it, that is, man, that is amazing, and what I really like about you, man, is that you, you took the time to try out a lot of things because you represent a good representation of what it's like being a fan first and then slowly stepping into the business, getting your feet wet, you know, like using your perspective as a fan, you know, in the media world and then going from that to the indies and saying, you know what, I'm going to give this wrestling thing a try. And I like how you mentioned, you know, the first thing that stands out is how you were like, man, literally, I thought commentary was something I could do. You know, that's just trash talk. You know, that's punchlines and being able to just say whatever. Like, I could do that. You can come off the couch and do that. And then yeah. you find out, wait, that's actually harder than I thought it was. And it's, yeah. not, as, it's not as easy as it looks. And then, so you you checked all these other ventures, but they see your frame, man. And so that, 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 that goes to show that some of the politics of pro wrestling are still there. You know, they see us big guys and they're like, hey. Wait a minute, nah, you don't need to commentate, brother. You need to be up in this ring. <laughs> like, wait a minute, you know? And, and so you gave you gave it every a little bit of everything a try. So uh mm-hmm. what what now let's talk about what with the ring announcing side. 
Yeah. Compared to, say, commentator, how much of a difference is the two as far as from your with your experience in ring announcing, how much mm-hmm. is there a difference between that and say commentary from your experience personally? Man, it's different because no um ring announcing is pretty much like you know the stick stick to your script, you know, um get the guy's name right, where they from, how much they weigh, all that good stuff, kind of work the crowd, the intermission, pushing merch and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I ain't gonna lie, I, I love ring announcing like that. Like my speed, like I I like I love ring announcing. I got to go in there and put my little fake voice on and <laughs> pop the crowd out there and like I love ring announcing. I'm like, okay, I wanna be a ring announcer then. But you know, I've even done stuff like uh my second day there, like the sound guy couldn't make it. Hey, hey, you're doing sound, you run the music today. I'm looking like, oh <laughs> all right. So yeah. I done did music. I even like doing the music then. I just like being part of the business, man. But I, I like ring announcing that. That's pretty fun. Yes, yes. And, and, and you can just tell, man, again, that's that's how you know that as fans, we love what we do. Like when you've really been in this for so long, you can tell. And you're a living representation of that in the indie scene. And, and, and I can just tell by your energy already, man, that you really love and you're willing to try out whatever, however. You'd be like, hey. You need you need somebody to be part of the ring setup crew. All right, I'm down with it. Let's do it. You know, oh. hey, you want a ring announcer? Let's do it. Let's do it. referee. Hey, you know I got you. You know, oh. a jobber. I'll be I'll, I'll job today. <laughs> Why not? They can beat me up. <laughs> like like that is so awesome. Too. I, I, I don't put the little hood on. Put my mask on and went out there to put somebody over. You know. Yeah. 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 That is awesome, man. So what what initially got you to stick on the referee inside more than anything because we as we can see you, you love the ring announcing side but we see that as a ref you you really shine mostly when you in there and you ref like what made you say okay I really really like refereeing I mean like I ain't gonna lie when they first told me they wanted me to uh, be a ref I don't, don't want to be a ref like I don't I'm, I'm over <laughs> there thinking I wanna, I'm ready to be a ring announcer at this point like I sucked that commentary I, I wouldn't mind running music before I be a ref Cause I just know like how rough it was to be a ref, and then like once I got into it, you know, they told me like you know they pretty much mapped out what they wanted me to do with Victory Championship Wrestling as far as being mm-hmm. a ref and probably even uh transitioning into being like a a wrestler there. So that's like it's all a part of my paying dues part. So right now like instead of complaining about, it, I'm just in, just enjoying every minute of it, just just being a part of the business, just being in a, in a locker room with the boys setting up the ring, breaking down the ring. And since I um was trained on sound, like I got double duty. I set up the ring and the sound sometimes. This, I'm just working <laughs> to death over there, but it's all good. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. And and that's pretty dope, man, because, again, like, they, 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 they from, from what I hear, from what I've experienced, from what I've seen, you know, they always say, when you love the business, man, you'll do whatever. You'll, you'll literally... <laughs> Whatever it is that they need for that particular night or that particular week, whatever the case is, if you're like, hey, I'll do it. That It, yeah. it puts a lot of things in your perspective. It get, opens a lot of doors for you personally as someone who is in the business. But it also just shows people, like, he really loves this, you know? Yeah. And it's that, crazy. Is, that is amazing, man. So let's talk about... Um, Victory Championship Wrestling for a second. Like, let's sure. let's talk about uh, what what. So, 
how long have they been a promotion? What uh, you know, what got you into that door? You know, of like walking into Victory Championship <laughs> Wrestling. Uh, any any success stories from from there? Like, has anybody currently been in any of the the bigger promotions that you know of so far that's been working their way up so far? Yeah, Victory Championship Wrestling man is real unique. Like the the promotion itself been around two years. It used to be called something else, and then they branched off and started doing their own thing. And I got into it like my uh, my homeboy. Um, he's a wrestler now, Roma Miller. <clears throat> he's be a ref there, and now he's like out, you know, working other promotions in the Indies. You know, we used to be coworkers, so he told me about it. And you know, um, I went to the I go to the gym with one mm-hmm. of the guys, and we were just talking about just uh my homeboy Damon Tass. I just asked him where he get his uh, weightlifting belt from. So then we started talking about wrestling. Then I heard about Victory again. I'm like, man, stop telling me to go to Victory. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do there, but I'm, I'm just going to go there. Then I went there, met the Johnny Slaughter. They had just started the uh, Victory Wrestling Academy. And so I, I fell in, like, right at the right time because I get to go in there and train with them. And, like, Johnny's, like, one of the <clears throat> best workers. Like, I hate to be putting them over right now because I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> on TV, I got heat with them. I'm like, we hate each other guts right now on TV. <laughs> You know, yeah. outside in the shoot world, I, I love them. But, you know, on TV, I'm going to probably slap them. But uh, <laughs> other than that, and, like, you know, um, it's, um, they got the Alabama Hall of Fame. Like, they sponsored that. And as far as some of the guys they got there, like I said, Big Smooth, he's, he's on his way. That's what I'm going to um, actually be aligned with in the future. I don't want to get no spoiler reports. But, yeah, yeah okay. uh, Big Smooth's the one. And uh, we got – you remember Bull Buchanan from back Yeah, then? yeah, absolutely. Right. His son trains with us at Victor. Wow. Like his, his son, Ben, is like this massive kid, like 6'4", 240, like a complete stud. And he uh-huh. trains there. He doing his thing there. Like, my yeah. first tryout, I met Bull Buchanan. He, um, he got in the ring with me and said, hey, me and you, let's lock up. I'm looking like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> my brother only been doing this for an hour. But, you know, I did that. And, like, there's a lot of success stories. Like, I knew episode now. We got uh we had our first women's main event with uh Shalandra Royale, uh Double D Rose and Deity. Um okay. they are based out of uh, Georgia as well. And like we just had like a lot of good people come through, especially like for our uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies. We had Aaron Anderson last year. So yeah. that's cool. Now I'm uh, let's, let's I'm glad you mentioned that Hall of Fame ceremony there. Uh, you know. I was on a uh, podcast uh, a while back, and we were actually talking about wrestling's Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get your perspective on this uh, as someone who's like working in the indie scene, and because we were curious, actually, because as you know, the WWE has their Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and as we know, it's the most known Hall of Fame because of the status WWE has. Yeah. However. It's not technically necessarily an official Hall of Fame like, like say, Canton for the NFL and, like, how you have the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. But it's pretty much viewed as that because it's WWE, so everybody knows WWE. But as, you know, a person who represents Victory Championship Wrestling and seeing that they have a Hall of Fame – from your experience and just knowing people in the indies, is that is that are a lot of indie promotions just kind of doing their own <laughs> Hall of Fames like that people just don't know about unless they're like actually in the indie business or? Well, 
it's not real. It's not real life. It's not the VCW Hall of Fame. It's like the uh, the Alabama Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, and they're just like one of the um, the driving forces behind it, like you know, getting that started. So when they do have a Hall of Fame ceremony, like we're the show that comes on after that. So it's really the Alabama Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame because you know, okay. It's like in a lot of territories, you know, you have like a lot of big names, like somebody who did their thing here, who didn't make it to the big stage. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, we had Arn Anderson last year. He's, you know, I didn't know he started his career in Alabama. So he's a driving force. Uh, Bull Buchanan's in Alabama Hall of Fame. Uh, dad yeah. from WCW, she's in there. And um, one of my trainers, Joshua O'Hagan, like that oh. dude, yeah, he <laughs> has a strong mind for the business and, this little blow-up drills make me hate his guts sometimes, but <laughs> he's a real good dude. So it's real that uh, Alabama Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, man. We just like one of the driving forces behind it. Like we was gonna have Austin Idol this year, but you know, no plans got slowed down because you know everything going on. So I'm glad they still getting the ball rolling on that because you know the WWE Hall of Fame is one thing, but you know for some of the guys that never made it there, you know mm-hmm. if they started out in Alabama, they could get in that Hall of Fame, man. Like it's real prestigious to him. Wow, and that that's awesome because you you give me something uh, as a as a journalist, man. You're giving me something to research there because we were actually discussing that back and forth because, uh, you know, and and, and shout out to the producer Derek. You know, he got the, he got the mic on mute, but I'm I'm gonna call I'm gonna call out his theory real quick because you know he mentioned literally like that he felt like there should be a Hall of Fame that's like a legit pro wrestling Hall of Fame. For those that WWE probably doesn't recognize for whatever reason, you know, uh, or, you know, whether it be because of something controversial they did outside of the ring. But just if you go off of their in-ring career, you know, just based off of their resume in the ring, not who they are, probably outside of the ring, just legit. Like, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, I'm trying to think um, there's so many names that come to mind, because when you look at when you think about WWE's Hall of Fame and you're like, you know, wow, they didn't make it in, you know, yeah. uh, because I love the idea of what you said, like with Alabama, like somebody like a Bull Buchanan, you know, like, you know, a ma- you know how mainstream wrestling fans, especially if they're fans of WWE, they may not remember like how we remember, like, oh, yeah, I remember Bull Buchanan. Yeah, I remember, you know, like, man, he was teaming up with the big boss, man. That dude was a stud. Like how you oh. talk about his son. I'm not surprised because he was a stud, like, <laughs> you know, and, and he had potential to be that guy in WWE and for whatever reason it seemed like once they paired him up with Cena and that in that rapper stage yeah and, and some people may barely remember that it's like somehow some way once they starred Cena and gave him the rocket like Bobby Buchanan yeah. was kind of left in the dust so yeah. you know of course WWE wouldn't put him in in their Hall of Fame per mm-hmm. se but Alabama's going to do that because hey we know you made it to the WWF man you did big things out here you yeah. grind. You got to the big deal. So he made a lot of money too when he was working down here too. So you know. Yeah. I guess with the Hall of Fame, like it's really got to be like these states. Like until they, like, until they get like a big like pro wrestling Hall of Fame where they could do everybody, it's mm-hmm. just gonna have to be with these territories. Like it's gonna have to be one for Georgia. Gonna have to be one for Florida. Like, yeah. Pretty much all over until because right now you know Vince, you know he, you know he, he got the money. So of course you know the WWE Hall of Fame is and. Even if they started one now, like like they should have did that a long time ago, so it could at least be I like the same level, cause they ain't gonna have the same resources to have one like that. So yes. you know, WWE is the big stage, but you know, like a lot of these territories, they they can do the same. Like they could, I know I know they got some in Georgia and Florida, they know more yeah. areas. So 
like you know, start a Hall of Fame there. Like you know, it's it's some rich people in these states. Like they could oh, yeah. find Hall of Fame. So you yeah. know what's gonna be. And then like when they do have actual Hall of Fame, then they can mm-hmm. come back and they can take these classes from here. And yeah. Kind of merge them because you know. Merge them in. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that, and I, I, I totally agree with you there because I, I really think that's like something they should definitely do. I mean, it's it's really something, uh, you know. And, and I say it, to anybody listening, promoters, talent, you know, whatever, keep pitching that idea, man. Like wherever your prospective state is, if they don't have one, man, like get behind some connections and tell people, hey, we need a statewide pro wrestling hall of fame. Yeah. You know, because everybody's not going to make it to WWE's Hall of Fame, man, because they're either not going to they're going to overlook them or, you know, like I think of like uh, D'Lo Brown, for example. D'Lo Brown is yeah. a perfect example to me. Like, it's a crime to me how he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. You he know, Hall of Fame. Honestly, I think he's going to get in because they're going to end up like inducting the whole nation. So, that's yeah, cool. I was thinking that, too. I was like, the only way he would get in there at this point, if it's not going to be for his solo accomplishments, like. Mm-hmm. The nation for sure, because you're not gonna tell me they're not gonna put the nation in the Hall of Fame when they how- had Farouk, The Rock, and Mark Henry and the Godfather. Yeah, man. And that's when that's how that's how you get The Rock in two times. That's how you get Mark Henry in two times. Godfather yeah. two times. Yep. Ron two times. Uh-huh. So it's, it's all over. So that's how D'Lo gonna get in. I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man, and and and, and I really hope so because again, we saw that happen with China. You know, China wasn't. People wanted her in the Hall of Fame so bad, you know, mm-hmm. because of what she did before there was a women's revolution, you know, really? and and the fact that we get what she had outside of her character, you know, we get that. But like she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And so yeah. she somewhat got that justice through Degeneration X. But yeah, I want I want that solo spot, though, man. Yeah, <laughs> me too, man. I, I and And that's why I said, like. One day, somehow, if it had, like you like you said, with territories, if it has to just be statewide right now based off of what pro wrestler brought what state territory so much more money with their accomplishments, something, man. Let's just keep that thing going until we get a, a big nationwide, uh, you know, main Hall of Fame for yeah. those who don't get recognition. Because I told, uh, I brought up the point personally, I said, like, it's crazy because... In WWE, Vince has the rights to ECW and WCW. So yeah. it's a little tough to yeah. try to have a Hall of Fame go up against that when they got the library to all of that. They darn near have some of TNA's library too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh man, how do you how do you do this? Right. But I, I, I really do hope AEW's too young of a company to do their own right now. Mm-hmm. And Impact Wrestling has a Hall of Fame, but it seems like nobody seems to take it serious right now for some yeah. reason. Uh, so it's it's a little tough, man. Um, so I, I really do hope to see that, man. But I'm I'm happy that you told me about Alabama's because I'm definitely going to see what I can dig up and try to write about, man, just to try to pitch it out, man, and just keep that idea alive. Because wrestling needs a Hall of Fame outside of WWE. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's a fact. We, yeah, they, yeah. They got a website and everything, man. I was doing my research on them, like, before I joined. And, of course, after I joined, I started doing more research on Victory just because, you know, I'm around the boys, and, you know, I, I got to get to know them. So they, they got some they got some good people down there, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. That's And it sounds dope, man. Um, Well, tell, tell people exactly how they can check out Victory World. Like, are they current, you know, in a social media, like, world now where things are more social media oriented, like, are they broadcasting on YouTube? Do they have a local network? Uh, how will people 
even if you're not in Alabama, like how would you catch it uh, if you wanted to check out Victory Championship Wrestling? All right, so this is going to be a little long-winded because Victory <laughs> Championship Wrestling, man, they got a lot going on. Like, to me, they're, like, one of the most well-produced, <laughs> like, independent <laughs> shows. And, like, and this night, okay, I can start with the TV stuff. Like, we come on locally in uh, Northeast Alabama on FNN Channel 24, but we also got a YouTube channel, Victory Championship Wrestling. We come on uh, Fight TV, you know that app? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Like, we're on there. Uh, we got a Instagram VCW action. We got like two pages on Facebook. We got the Victory Championship Wrestling page, and we got the Victory Championship Wrestling Fan Club page. And that's um, it about social media. And with Victory Championship Wrestling, like we're kind of our own territory. But we have Victory Championship Wrestling Georgia, and we just we're about to start Victory Championship Wrestling Florida too. So Man. Victory Championship Wrestling Georgia might has a might has a web page. On Facebook and everything, like it's just like I was like my mind was blown when I like went there. Like, I'm like, man, y'all got a lot going on. The territory within, and uh, you know, Cassandra Golden that's been on AEW. Yes, yes, like, she's the VCW Georgia Women's Champion. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I got to see her live at Impact Wrestling too, man. I really yeah. enjoyed her work with Kylie Ray, man. Like they were. She was taking it to her, man. Like, she was saying, I'm mad that they kind of, you know, I mean, I get it. It's kind of part of, you know, the come up anyway. But I was mad to see her on, when I saw her on AEW, I got hyped. Like, okay, yeah, I saw her yeah. live, man. You know, like, I thought she was going to give a nice little contest with Britt Baker. But I see what they're doing. <laughs> they they building up Britt Baker to look, you know, like, like dominant, dominant. You know, I get it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's messed up. You know, just like, don't even let her get any offense in. Just, just yeah. squash her like that. But I get it. You know, it's part of the business. So. Uh, yeah. But I, I, she's making come up, man. I, I I love what she's doing, and 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 I um I actually follow her on Instagram now, man. So I I really hope when things are back to normal, uh, that she continues to grind and and get even higher, man. Next next level, I feel like I'm gonna see her on NXT somewhere, you know, right. definitely doing some stuff too. So I can't wait. Yeah, I hope so. I ain't even. I'm I'm still waiting to meet her now. Like when I got on, like that's when she started doing the AEW stuff. So I ain't met her yet. No, I have met Shalandra Royale. She's um. She's very nice and, like, real sweet girl, and I think she's going to be um climb up in the ranks soon, as well as uh, Double D Rose, uh, who started out in uh, A4 in Atlanta. Like, yeah. she's really good, too. Real yeah. cool people, man. So I'm glad I ran into the people I have. You know, I wanted to meet these people, too, because I'm, like, I'm I'm not too big on the indie scene, but I definitely keep up. I know what's going on. I know who's who. Yeah. So I'm excited to meet them. And just, um like I said, seeing Cassandra on Impact, we even seen – uh, Mike Jackson, the seventy-year-old that went against uh, Johnny Swinger, he's he's been a victory a few times. He's an um he's an Alabama Hall of Fame now. Uh, he got inducted last year, and so just like just seeing all these people do their thing, like it's it's pretty cool to me. Yeah, man, no doubt. And and Double D Rose, I'm glad you mentioned her. She was another name that I was definitely familiar with and uh, checking out. And I'm like you, man. You know, the indie scene is. It's a lot of times it's so hard to keep up with because there's so much wrestling going on that it's like you try, you really do, you try, but it's like, you know, uh, a lot of times for me, I have to either catch it through some of my hardcore, hardcore wrestling fans that I know, like friends that I know who have like a whole full, their crews, like they're fan fans and they got a crew, they go to every indie show. Uh, I was I was trying to attend more indie shows and then the corona hit, so. Yeah. Now, when Corona ends, my plan is definitely hit more Georgia. Uh, I want to check out Mucha Lucha. 
uh, out in the Norcross area. You know, we live here in Atlanta, so I, I want to go check out Mucha Lucha. I heard a lot about that. Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix yep. and all of them were coming out of there. Uh, Ray Mysterio's, uh, I believe, Ray Mysterio's nephew, who goes by son of Ray Mysterio, okay. uh, wrestles up there. You know, so I'm definitely trying to check out more of these indie from those. Uh, Danny Jordan is also somebody else I want to check out. Uh, uh, you know, she's been rising up the ranks pretty well, too, I see. So I, I definitely want to catch her before she blows up, blows up. And, um, yeah, man, you know, it, 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 it's a lot to keep up with, but I, I promise it, it's definitely uh, it's something cool seeing the indies, man, and seeing the grind. Uh, I compare pro wrestling, and I'm sure you can relate to this, uh, because me being not just a host but an artist as well, a music artist, I always compare pro wrestling, the industry, to the music industry. I mean, it's a constant grind of, like, you are grinding and grinding and grinding and getting yourself out there until people really notice, like, yo, this person's really good, man. Look out yeah. for this person, you know? And then you get where you want to get, the contracts come, and then before you know it, you, you blowing up, blowing up. So <laughs> it, it's crazy how those, uh, you know, you know, it's got its politics, you know, yeah. and it's also got its, its, its grind, you know, where you just, hey, you got to work, work, and work. Um, yeah. So with you, man, let's... Let's talk about, uh, you know, because Victory Championship Wrestling is definitely something I'm going to keep tabs on. And the way you explain it, man, they sound like they're grinding. And oh, it's they, it, they grind and grinding. Like, I, I love yeah. that. And you mentioned territory. So so talk to the people about, you know, who, who don't know about the history of pro wrestling. Because territories were a big thing in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even before Vince McMahon Jr., as we know, big, you know, before he took over and just was like, screw that. I'm going to, you know, because back in the day, territories were like divided up in the states. It was different parts of the states that were like, hey, we run pro indies and, you know, they would trade with other promotions and be like, hey, you know, other territories like, hey, we need some new talent for our local television. We'll trade a few people to y'all. Y'all bring a couple people over here, this and that. And then Vince came in and just was like, screw all of that. I want everybody from everywhere. But territories, believe it or not, most of them got swept up by that WWF brand of that up north, northeast territory style. But, yeah. like, territories, especially in the deep south, are still somewhat of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so so what, what have you seen, learned, and experienced about the art of territories? Um... Like, kind of being in one right now, I never thought I'd just kind of, like, jump all into a territory on my first try. But it's like, you know, like, you know the history of territories. I know the history, you know, how, you know, everything was just the National Wrestling Alliance. Then you had Championship Wrestling from uh, Georgia. Then you had Florida. Then you had the people in Texas. They all come together and have one champion. And that's kind of like what we're doing at VCW, like, before they um had Georgia and now Florida coming soon. Like, they had their own territory. They had uh, Out of This World Pro Wrestling, uh, Zero mm -hmm. Alliance, and Continental Wrestling. This is all before I got there. And that's how they would do it. Like, just, um, this is not like the actual territory, like how it used to be back in the day. It's like, you know, they trying to kind of create one within Alabama, you know, just, like, try to keep it going. Like, just give people something to look forward for. Like, you know, I can't wait till I start working Georgia shows. I can't wait till I start working Florida shows. Just, like, stuff like that while still remaining in the same company and still probably do other shows in the future. So, like, the territory is definitely a, a, a lost art form. It's an important art form, especially, like, nowadays, yeah. you know, you need, like, as an independent wrestler, you know, you want to be on many shows as you can, 
And since like victory, since we have a TV show, since we're so well produced, like we get um a lot of people like trying to um you know come wrestle for us just so they could uh, be on TV. And you know people know the indie payday ain't that great, but they want to yeah. be on TV so they could build their resume up. So when they do start shopping, they uh. Uh, building their resume up for NXT and WWE. They're like, okay, I can put the link to my match here, a link to my promo. Like, we give them a, a hard drive with all their stuff on it so they can get their pictures and everything. So, like, BCW's like, they setting it up because, you know, Johnny, he got that WWE mentality because you know, uh, you know, he did, like, some uh, matches for them back in the day, like, on Velocity and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It's his whole mentality about the business. Like, he puts that into his company now, which kind of makes it stand out because a lot of people just like, ah, okay, we're just going to set this ring up, put up yeah. some ropes, and just put on the show. Yeah. But, uh, he got entrance ways. Like, it's taking a long time to set all that stuff up. But, you know, when you see the finished product, like, I, I enjoy it. Like, it's, it's just yeah. amazing to be a part of it. And I'm glad I'm experiencing all this now because, like I said, I'm in my 30s, so I ain't got much time left to begin with in wrestling. So I'm kind of experiencing everything on my first run. And it's, man, it's crazy. It's a blessing, really. Yeah, man. And, you know, um, we had our truth on the show, man. And, and he was actually talking about just the fact that you're never honestly too old to do anything that you love to do. And, right. you know, when when we got to talk to him about his music, literally, he was just saying the same thing, like how his music's just been popping. And he's been doing music for years. Music got him yeah. into wrestling, you know, and, and the fact that it's like, man, man, you, even though you don't look your age one bit, <laughs> we we you know to those who are real fans of yours we know how old you are man and it's like and you, and you, yeah you know what i'm saying and it's like man we know how old you are but yet you looking as young as ever and you out here like doing it doing it so it's an inspiration man to to see you know and and ddp diamond dallas page is another oh, yeah. prime example of like you're never too old to step foot into this business man a lot of times we see the stories of a lot of wrestlers like a Rey Mysterio or someone like that, that we've known, Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, like all of those who have started, you know, even Chris Benoit, when we found out about his backstory and some of these wrestlers over the years, Chris Jericho, how they started at like age 15, 16, 17, nine, even, you know, and you're like, wow, you've been wrestling that long, you know, and you think to yourself, well, man, I'm, I'm 25 or man, I'm 30 man i'm 35 like there's no way i can get in the business if they started at that young of an age like you know yeah you know and that's what i love about pro wrestling unlike a nba or an nfl where you hit a certain age mark and you think automatic like yeah i can't i can play i got a jumper i can shoot but shoot i ain't good enough to be in the nba i'm too old for that you know young boys you know what i'm saying they hopping and jumping i can't do that I can't join the NFL. Like, yeah, you know, I, I got some strength. I got some speed on me. But is, uh, nah, man, I'm a little too old, man. Ain't no team going to invest no money in me. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm just going to be a little backup if that, you know, <laughs> like practice squad maybe. Uh, yeah. So, but, you know, in the world of the indies, in the world of pro wrestling, it just seems ageless almost. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> you could be darn near 80 and you still got a role somewhere, whether it's being a manager, a commentator, whatever, you know? Yeah. And um, maybe even just a, uh, a, a behind-the-scenes guy doing production. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different roles that you can do in the world of professional wrestling, so there's never an age limit. And I like that, you know, in hearing your story with that, man. So with Territories, now you being under, you know, VCW, obviously they got it every lane covered. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Social media, television, local television, all of that. But... Do, that you know of, are there any other territories that may not have 
the television deals, but they they are killing it in the social media market because we see that now wrestling's evolved to a point where like you can be noticed anywhere, mm-hmm. anyhow. Yeah. Like MLW, for example, we had some uh, Lorenzo on here, and MLW is only a two year promotion. They're not even all that old, and we see they popping with. Yeah. Strictly YouTube viewership, you know. Yep. Uh, so, from what you know of, man, have you heard of any promotions that are kind of doing like MLW and they're like, man, hey, we don't even, nobody's really watching TV like that anyway. I mean, yeah, network deals are good money wise, but yeah. hey, we we got our fan base killing right now through YouTube. Yeah. Like, the one I see, like the biggest one, like territory, like for outside of ours, that I just see like just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Probably the um the WWN, the World Wrestling Network. Like that's where they got the the Mucha Luchas and uh, Evolve and WWA Four and yeah. um, what's that? And it's down in Florida. It's like ACW, something like they got like they whole little territory thing going on down there. And of course, like Evolve, it's like the big stage. That's where everybody go to because you know what's after Evolve, NXT and all that good stuff. So yeah. WWN is probably like the um probably the most successful territory going on because like I said. And a lot of these schools, um, like WWA four, that's that's a part of that territory. If you mm-hmm. join their schools, then you know, you could, you know, get bookings at these shows like Mucha Lucha Like, you know, we get we get a lot of A four guys uh, down in VCW and a lot of them since they come from A four, they're part of WWE. So they doing shows in Florida. They got guys that been on Evolve shows, all that good stuff. So like it's like the territory systems, like like I said, it works wonders, especially nowadays. But WWE yeah. I like the most popping one. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man, just to know the history behind that. So, you know, and, and, and re- reverting this back to you, basically, man, at the end of the day, given the things that you have done, the research you've made, the knowledge you've given yourself, uh, what is, as a ref, what is the hardest part? Because I know from personal, like, <laughs> as a fan, I remember <laughs> literally, like, my cousin, when when they were into wrestling, you know, they they like we came up like wrestling at the same time, but I stuck with it. Not so much with them, maybe on occasion here and there out of nostalgia, but like they don't stick with it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember they used to be like, one of my cousins was like, man, pff, that's one job I'd love to have. That's got to be the easiest job you could ever make some money with, man. Yeah. Just sitting there making, some, you know, like ignorant oh, thinking like that. You know, <laughs> we young, we 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 young thinking that we in like. 15, 16, 17, thinking that, you know, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, that is an easy job. Like, man, they can't be doing, they just, they just making calls, you know, and this and that. We know a stage. We like, oh, okay, yeah, that got to be some easy money. But now that you've been on the indies, you probably had a similar thought to that maybe once upon a time, too. So, like, what, what is the hardest part of being a referee in the square circle? Well, for one, I didn't think it was easy. Like, that's the main reason I didn't want to be a ref, because I knew how hard it looked on there. <laughs> Like I, I done rest matches, and mm-hmm. after the match is done, I'm over there sweating like I done took a backdrop or something. Just like I just knew how rough it was. But <laughs> the uh, the hardest part about being a rep to me is just like just just um uh, making everything seem legit. Like you know when you're a ref, like you're like pr- probably like the most important person in the ring because it's your job to protect what's going on. And a lot of times, you no, know, like since we're doing more of like a shoot style now. Like, a lot of refs, like, including me, like, I don't even get the finish from a lot of these guys. Like, they'll 
Like someone would tell me, okay, this is going to be the finish, so I know what to look out for. But a lot of times I don't know the finish, so that kind of creates that realness. So if I'm over there counting, I'm about to hit, and they pop up, okay, that seems real. Because if I know the finish and go down, I'm going a, I'm to a stall, and they could have changed it up. And I'm looking like, shh, I done exposed the business real, <laughs> and I'm going to get reamed out in the back by damn Bobby Matthews because uh-huh. he's a commentator, and he's like the head ref guy and a production agent back there. So – it's so the technical aspect of it as well as the physical, like drop downs, like dropping down and counting the cadence of the ring and the cadence of the count. And just, I don't know, like it's like ref, they like we got psychology too. Like they got different psychology too. And it's like, it's rough because, you know, when you're a wrestler, you know, you go in there and do one thing, you know, you wrestle, do your psychology self. But ref, man, you got to do like everything into one. And then you know, you might even have to take a bump every now and again, but yeah. it's rough just trying to try to protect what's going on, like not expose them. Cause like if you if the ref botch, which I have before, mm-hmm. it is so blatantly noticeable, <laughs> like as opposed to a wrestler botching. And mm-hmm. I botched, I swear, I botched the, um my last match I had, I botched, and it seemed like time stood still. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so it's it's horrible, but like just like just making everything seem legit and real because like the ref we supposed to be the most legit person in there and just like calling it down the middle and yeah it's a psychology thing man it's 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 rough but it's also fun too but it's rough yeah yeah and you you can tell man from stories you can tell they have fun as referees as well you know referees have just as much fun as as the talent you know making jokes communicating stuff like that so you know (laughs) what With refs, it's funny you mentioned botch because I'm pretty sure you might have seen it. It happened some episodes ago. It was right around WrestleMania weekend, uh, not weekend, but like leading up to WrestleMania. And there was a match. I believe it was Andrade. It was Andrade and um, Angel Garza. Yeah, they were going against Cedric Alexander. And I forget who his partner was. I forgot who his partner was. But they were – I just remember Cedric actually took the pinfall. Like, he, he <laughs> caught a mean elbow from Andrade, and he took the pinfall. And, like – and the ref, like, botched the count, it looked like, because, like, <laughs> Cedric, you couldn't tell. Like, it, it just – it paused where he was like, wait, was that three? <laughs> what was that? Like, he was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And, like, your commentary is just playing it as professional as they could. And <laughs> – I caught it and I had to put, you know, every now and then on Life's a Botch, I try to have fun on IG. And I try to, you know, find a cool little botch I spot and just, you know, make some fun out of it. Just because I'm like, hey, Life's a Botch. That's the point of the show to let y'all know it's not just in ring. We all mess up. We all botch in life. You know what I mean? With anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you got to learn to laugh at it, make fun of it and, and and correct it. You know, that's that's how that's the point of mistakes. Right. And yeah. so what's. From your memory, like you just actually shared one, was there any other funny bots that you remember in your career so far as a referee? Um, like my first match I did is um a guy wearing a mask. He was going against my my boy Justin Flo, and <laughs> I, I guess he couldn't hear me counting because like you know they didn't tell me to finish. But you know, the uh, key thing about being a referee is like you know the guys. It's almost like you know when the finish is coming. Like okay, he's not gonna beat them on no drop kick or nothing like that. So it's like you kind of get a feel for when it finishes. So he went down. I'm over there counting. I guess he couldn't hear me through the mask. So I'm like, <laughs> one, two, went down and like almost there and stalled. He just kind of, and then I ended up getting 
uh, yelled at for because they're like, man, I'm like, screw him. If it's shoulder down, count the three. I don't care how bad it look. <laughs> this stuff like that. So that's my uh, first botch in that same match when the uh, finish was uh, Justin has like the DDT. And when he did the DDT, the dude's mask <laughs> flew right off. And oh. So I had to, one, two, three, I had to, like, try to get the mask and get him in the back cover his face to do something, man. So, <laughs> so I, had, I had a wild first match. And then, like, young in the game, I did a triple threat match. And that was all over the place, too. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes, man. That is crazy. I believe it, especially because it's probably one thing to do one-on-one matches. But then when you're talking about matches that are fatal four-ways, triple threats, dare I say a, a money in the bank ladder match where it's like yeah. six of them, you know? <laughs> like, I would probably cry. When I, when, I did my first, when I did my first triple threat match, I ain't know nothing about triple threat matches from other than when I see on TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> one guy got here, he done got out the ring. I'm over there. One, two. You're like, ain't no count out. So triple threat. So like, had to act like I ain't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, it's, it's, it's the things where you watch it on TV and then you have to try to. It's crazy, man. And I'm, I'm like, dang, I never seen a count out triple threat. I guess I should ask that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and it's so crazy because it's not just pro wrestling referees. Being a referee in general is not as easy as it looks, and people don't really understand that. No matter what sport it is. I remember intramural sports, man. I was in intramural sports in college. And, like, I had a friend who was uh, a referee with intramural basketball. And, like, they they told me they had tryouts and they were looking for some referees to hire. You got paid. I was like, oh, yeah, get paid to be a referee? Shoot, yeah. You know? But then I went to the tryout and I was like, why are you going to try out to be a referee, though? (laughs) I was like, hold on. And then they gave us this paper and it showed all the different signals, you know, when you call foul, five seconds, eight seconds. I was like, wait, so I got to remember to do all of this. And I was like, dang, no wonder no wonder these basketball players be complaining. That the oh, yeah. I was so like, tough. okay, same thing in football. It's like, oh, no wonder they complaining about calls and flags. Like, you, you got to really pay attention. And then on top of that, you got to remember what signal you calling if you calling a foul. You know, so same case with WWE, any referees, man, and pro wrestling, man, being a referee, just like any other sport, it is not an easy job. So, Ooh. respect to the referees, please. Respect please to the referees. Me, <laughs> it's hard, man. So, let's talk about, um, we've seen the emergence of women, female referees, really making strides right now, both in AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, a little bit of everywhere, man, throughout the entire pro wrestling family. As a man, what is your perspective on the female referee right now, man? Like, where, where do you sit on him? I mean, nothing is dope. <laughs> like, why, why not, man? Give, give everybody a chance. Give, give us a chance to rest sometimes. No, no. Yeah. And the female, they, they, they are way more feisty than the men. I said, they not, they not finna let nothing fly. So they gonna, they'll get <laughs> you in the heartbeat. So they probably the most legit ones you want in that ring because yeah. they not nothing slide they they not easily intimidated or none of that so i yeah. think it's real dope and plus it gives women like a, a new another lane as well like to try to pursue their dreams just like with uh uh aja smith you know she's a yeah. big time indie wrestler down here and yeah. uh now you know she's seen that lane to be a ref in nxt she and took it. it yeah she took it and she like i'm sure she wants to be a wrestler as well because you know she's a great wrestler she's a beast yeah she is yeah. She- so, but you know, she's seeing opportunities like to be like, why be another, you know, wrestler, especially like, another black wrestler when I could be the first 
black female ref- referee. So yeah. she's real smart in that aspect. So shout out to Aja. Yeah, Aja, man. Aja Smith, keep doing what you're doing. We we definitely see you. Uh, I exp- I remember when I saw the special, you know, from the WWE PC YouTube and watched that, and I really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, hopefully one day, someday soon, we can get her on the show and just use that for, you know, a Black History episode because that's some serious, you're right, that's some serious history, especially right. for that level, uh, to have never seen it. So shout out to the women, you know, not just in the referee world, but anywhere in the world making strides yeah. and making history, man. It's, it's, look, look, we need y'all. We appreciate y'all. That's that's real. We like, you know, like you said, extra help, you know, especially if you're doing it a little bit better than we do or whatever, or maybe better. Hey, we appreciate you for that. L- legit. Um, so I got a question for you on this one, man. Name, if you had to name a top five all time on some of your favorite referees in the business, who would your top five be? I know it's a tough choice because there's a lot. We talking about a lot of errors here. Yeah. Uh, Who are your top referees right now killing it? I'm after, it ain't going to be in no order. I'm just going to name five people. It ain't going to be like, no. So, no, historically, of course, I got to go like with Earl Hebner and, um, Okay. I got to go with uh, Mike Kyoto. Yes. Okay. Yes. Out there. Um, Charles Robinson. Love oh, Charles. yes. Charles Robinson. Great yeah. brother. I met him uh, after a, I met him after a Monday. What was that wrong? It was SmackDown. It was a SmackDown uh, show uh, last year. And I I just saw how hard he was working, like disassembling the ring and everything. And I, he was giving, you know, people with some fans with there. You know, he would wave, smile and all that. But he was, he was moving, moving. So I was just like, yeah. wow. And that was my first time seeing him outside of the referee aspect. But I remember hearing how hard of a worker he was in the business. Oh, yeah. And I saw that first front row and center. And I was just like, I love Charles Robinson, man. Yeah, but Charles yeah. Who- um, Tim White. Oh, okay. Big in the back. And like, I guess five wouldn't be enough. Because I guess I got a whole bunch of other people. But like the fifth one, you know, since I have been having some heel antics lately. I got to go with Nick Patrick. That was like the ultimate heel ref. Oh, <laughs> Nick Patrick. Wow. Okay. Nick Patrick. That is a dope top five. Me and you were eye and eye on that because most, most of those were Nick Patrick was, I actually was going to put Teddy. I'm going to put Teddy long right there. You know oh, what yeah. oh, I was going to put Teddy Long right there in that top yeah. five. You know what I'm saying? Represent for the culture one time, man. I had to put my boy Teddy in there, man. Like, I almost forgot get... he was a ref. I'm so used to him being like such a – The general manager. Yes, I know. The general manager. But people forget, man, he came from the – I, I ain't even going to call that the bottom. I'm just saying he came up, man. He was refing yeah, first. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When I see him uh, ref at WWE or back when the WWF, there's a hard referee, uh, Teddy Long. You know me. I've been watching wrestling for a long time. I'm like Teddy Long, talking about dude with the do rag from WCW that used to be with uh Ron Simmons. <laughs> like no, that ain't him. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's crazy how that transition goes, man. But that's the beauty of the business. Just the fact that you can be a manager. You can go from being a manager to a ref. Be a ref, and then next thing you know, you a general manager of a show. Yeah. And then you famous for that to where people forgot your other come up. You His know. Story. His story was amazing. I, I love hearing his story. He started a wrestling business, just pretty much starting out as somebody that's just getting food for the boys. And then as a ref, then on their talent, and then back to a ref, then general manager, Hall of Famer. Like, I, I love his story. Yes, yes, man. And, and, and you know, even with uh, Tim White, that was another good one. I, I, I'm glad you brought him up because I was like, I feel like he's super underrated as a ref. Man. Like, I don't know if people remember his time when he was refereeing, like, Tim yeah. White. 
was killing out there. It's like back in the day, like that's pretty much all I remember. Like those like these are throwback names I'm naming. You know, Charles yeah. Robinson is still doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, man. And I mean, that's why I said these, these you know, shout out to the referees in the business, man, and, and the ones that are coming up. Like I said, your, your come up referees, your Aubrey Edwards, your, your Asia White, you know, all of them. Like, I mean, there's so many. Like you said, it's hard to name everybody because there's so many of them out there. But we commend every single referee out there in the business that does it. And uh, even, like I said, indie level, mainstream yeah. level, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, we I got some indie levels on there, too. Like, you know. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and give, like, give an indie. Give an indie top five. It could be current or it could just be from what you know all time and, and your indie knowledge. Like, give a top five real quick in the indie scene. Top five indie scenes. Daryl Shaw, Daryl Shaw, Daryl Shaw. <laughs> okay. 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 I see you. I, I, I wouldn't even call me top, but like the main ones I like for real, like an indie scene, like um, I've seen Mike Posey, who's been everywhere. Mike Posey, he's been on WWE, ECW, like the resurgence. I see I see him on NWA Power a lot. Just seen him on Impact, AEW, like Mike Posey. He's okay. like ref. And then uh, my guy, my mentor in the game before I double-crossed him, uh, Cowboy Troy Fordenberry out here in Alabama. He's like a, a referee legend down here. So, like, those were, like, my um, – Really, only two I got for real indie level. Like I'm so new to the scene, so I'm pretty much the ones I name is like the ones I ran into for real. If that makes sense. <laughs> hey, well, that's still a dope list though. I mean, just even from ones you ran into and experience, and just seeing hands on and learning because you're never too old to learn things. You're never too young, mm-hmm. you know? and that's the beauty of the business. You know, like they said. You never stop learning. You are always learning as you grow, man. But that's the dope top five on both accounts, both indie and mainstream level, man. I really enjoyed that, man. So I guess this is where we will go ahead and just move on to the next segment of the show because for the most part, you just showed off everything in the business. I hope everybody listening has really taken in that knowledge from a rest perspective to go, like I said, Joe come up alone, man, going from fan to podcaster to referee, ring announcer, Somewhat of a commentator, you know what I'm saying? Like right. a little bit, a little bit of everything, you know. Jack that, of all that, that podcast thing, boy, that's a whole nother beast right there. I'm sure you can relate with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, look, it ain't easy to do what we do either, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's oh, you just talk and you did it. No, it, it's formats and levels to this, baby. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta really do what you can. So shout and out to my fellow. Yeah, I can tell what you like is rough because I can tell what you like. Now, we want to be unique. You know, it's like thousands of wrestling podcasts out there. Like, and they all, like, for the most part, a lot of them, like, do the same thing. Recaps, you know, yeah. talk smack here, talk smack there, trash and wrestling or whatever. But I can tell <laughs> with your show, like, you know, you want to be real unique about how you go with stuff. A lot of people, they depend on interviews and all that stuff. And yeah. I know you can do a whole show without an interview just off your oh, personality yeah. alone. <laughs> and doing stuff, like, you want to be unique. And that's, like, what I'm doing with my show. Like, yeah. I want unique like i don't think i got a recap on that period I'm, I'm the type of dude like hey what's your top 50 wrestling video games just like stuff like that come on I'm, man come I'm, on I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing it for the fans and i'm also doing it for the boys because i i talk a lot of smack about the smarts so <laughs> I'm, I'm just also shut up and watch wrestling type tip with mine but. oh yeah yeah and hey, you know what it's cool man i've been i've been the same way you know no lie i was i was i was starting off that way a little bit too like all right i'm, I'm gonna do the little trash talk a little bit too mm-hmm. but even then it was still just respectable because like 
guys like you and me, man, we still even before, and I haven't even really tried to get my feet inside of the business per se like that yet. But it's like I still understand the level of hey, respect everybody what you do, even whether you a fan of that particular mm-hmm. wrestling talent or not. You know, and when we had Justin Labar, shout out to Justin Labar from the Wrestling Podcast and Bleach Report and all those things that he's been a part of. He's a man of many accolades. But shout out to Justin Labar because he was talking about his experience and how he started out. And he just like us, man, you know, talked a little trash, you know. Yeah. And he told a he told a dope story. Y'all have to go listen to the episode to be able to know what that story was. I'm not gonna recap that for y'all. Y'all know what it was. Listen <laughs> to the episode. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Justin Labar literally told a dope story, and I mean. He, he, he learned the humbling perspective side of it of just like, hey, you you know, watch what you say on air because uh, it's going to stick forever. <laughs> so like, yo, whoever you talk about and who you bash, you might run into him one day and meet him. And then they, you know, they'll probably make a nice little rib up at you like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the guy that you say suck, right? You know, yeah. and be cool exactly. with you about it, though, because that's what they want. You know, as yeah. fans, no matter what level, what side we are, you know, legit, man. Everybody you root for, you boo for, they love the reaction. So no matter what your opinions are, they still know how to take it and go about it. Just be respectful with your opinions, people. Just be respectful with your opinions at the end of the day. And uh, and, I, and that's what I try to do with the show, man. And I can tell you do that. Which is, matter of fact, while we're thinking about it, go ahead and tell them a little bit about X Marsh the Spot. You know, what inspired it? What, you know, what, what it, like you said, what do you do with structure on your show, man? What makes it different and unique for you, man? Man, when I started um, X... Uh, X marks the spot. It's like I always wanted to start a wrestling podcast, but I didn't know how to do it. Just like people don't know how to, like just automatically do it. So my uh, my brother who does music in Chicago, he had told me about this app where you could uh, do your podcast on the uh, anchor and like just like just for starters, just record on it. So I did one. I was trying to come up with a name, like something catchy. I was like uh wrestling real talk with my with my shoot name not daryl but like with my actual name like no i don't want to use my actual name i want to use like an alias yeah um they they used to call me stacks back in chicago that's what they called me in college so okay i'm stacks the homie so x marks the spot i'm gonna put the s in there over marks so x marks the spot with stacks the homie and just going in there just just talking smack at first like just Hearing out my grievances about how you know, I'm tired of wrestling fans like dragging a product, and this before I was even in the wrestling business. So, mm-hmm. and after that, I started getting to making parody songs. I made a song called Smart Town Road, it's off Old Town Road or whatever. <laughs> Basically, saying a song about crying smarts, and I, I posted it on uh, Twitter, and uh, mm-hmm. Ben Gordon retweeted it, saying awesome song. And then that thing got so many plays and stuff like that. I'm like, uh-huh. all time, oh dang, I gotta. Yes, I gotta <laughs> doing this now then i'm like on the charts i was like top 50 on apple uh-huh. you know, for wrestling podcast i was number one in thailand like top 50 in australia number one in argentina i'm like oh. Jeez. like this <laughs> that's dope man, man like, that's... like this i'm just daring to be different like um uh, i, I want to make it fun just like your show is fun like i'm yeah. gonna be naming like you know what's your favorite gimmick i'm going through the best trash talkers i'm talking about just all types of like the video games. I had this one where I like say, "What's your favorite entrance song?" Where I'm pretty much playing all these songs, just like kind of vibing to it, and everybody mm-hmm. having fun with it. And yeah. I don't know, I, I love it, man. It, it's it's kind of hard coming up with content for it because you, know, you want to be so different. Because honestly, yeah. it's, it's easier to watch wrestling on a Monday throughout the week and just go in and uh, get behind your mic, just talk about what you've seen. 
Yeah. And I hope that, like, you know, we want our stuff to have, like, a little substance to it and stuff. So yeah. it, 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 it takes a while for me to come up with something. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm talking about until, like, <laughs> the day before I start recording because it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really is, man. Like, like I try to tell people, even on this side, it is not as easy as it seems. Like, I mean, people can go watch my boy JD from NY if they want to hear somebody playing and talk trash, you know. About, about pro wrestling, yeah, and 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 I love JD because he's a funny guy, man. Like I find his opinions hilarious. I may not always agree with him per se, depending on where he's coming from with it. Maybe when he thought it was a trash show, I thought it was a good show. At the end of the day, shout out to my podcasters, shout out to my referees, shout out to my wrestling talent, shout out to my production crews, shout out to my commentators, my backstage production people, shout out to my ring announcer, shout out to everybody in the pro wrestling business. Indie level, mainstream level, no matter where you at, promotion you with, who you repping, where you repping, this is for y'all. We love this show. We love everybody here on the Life of Bosch podcast, and that's what we do. Nonetheless, man, uh, we're going to get into a dope segment on the show, and this is a real unique segment I thought of one day when I first came up with this show, and I was like, this would be kind of cool to do because you could take this and spin it off of any and everything. The listeners really enjoy this segment because they know what time it is when I do this. But it's called Babyface or Heel. So basically with Babyface or Heel, how it works is I throw out a subject, throw out an idea, a thought, whatever, you know. And it could be wrestling related. It could be non-wrestling related. And what you just do in that moment is you choose to go either Babyface or Heel on that particular idea or subject. And... Whichever route you go, which nine times out of ten, most people go the hill route. <laughs> Whichever route you go, you just say what you want to say and say why you feel like you're going to go that way. Right. And even if you don't say why, we can just tell from your response, like, oh, yeah, that's a hill response. Oh, that's a baby <laughs> face response. So we'll, we'll know, you know, I got you, my brother. So okay. the first thing that came to mind upon this, <clears throat> as you know, you mentioned video games. I'm sure you know the news. But WWE 2K has announced the fact that they're not going to come out with a WWE 2K21. Now, given how the last 2K came out, and it was very, very, very glitchy, very, very, very glitchy, and the 2K franchise has been a disappointment personally to me because I played a couple of them, and I was just like, this is trash. I'm not going to lie. This is trash. I mean, sure, it looks good. It looks good. But when I compare this, to SmackDown versus Raw. Mm. And SmackDown, here comes the pain. And no mercy. <laughs> and so many of these other great, yeah. great games of the past. This sucks. It yeah. looks good, but it sucks. It so, don't even look good. <laughs> so what is your what are you what are you gonna go on the idea of the 2K franchise as a whole? Are you going babyface or are you going heel with the fact that this is completely ended? I'm going heel on them because man, I I bought I bought 2K20 for twenty dollars. I think I played it once. I ain't played it again, man. It's like they don't even they don't even look like the last game. Like the graphics, like they actually took a step backwards with it. Like the graphics used to hook me in, but jeez, Louise, I got stiff hair and everything. It's real glitchy, glitchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna heal on them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So that's one for the hill, one for the hill, baby. You already know. Hey, botchers, y'all gotta keep tabs for me. Y'all gonna have to make tabs on how many hill reactions we get on every segment of this we do. So my next one for you is non-wrestling related. As you know, we just had day two of the NFL draft, and I'm pretty sure you've seen something 
which we've seen pretty much since this whole pandemic started, everything out the norm where you just witnessed an NFL draft, that's exactly like what we're doing right now via <laughs> virtual. So watching, just imagine now, think about how long the NFL draft really is. Yeah. It's already long when it's in person. Uh-huh. But now when you're talking about viral, no one is near each other and everybody's at home. What was your experience? What are you going babyface or heel from watching? <laughs> even if it was just a taste of watching it, even if you didn't watch the whole draft, just from seeing it in the format that it was in, babyface or heel for you on that, brother? I guess I'm gonna be a tweener because no, you gotta do what you gotta do. But I'm gonna kind of lean more towards the heel side. Man, they could have just told us what they picked the next day. I ain't want to see them in their living room. Hey, they're all wrong. They've they got their mama snatching girlfriends off the phone. <laughs> man, man that's, it was rough. <laughs> oh, man, you are telling me, brother. I was sitting there kind of just really trying to figure out, like, why and how. I mean, I like you said, you got to do what you got to do. Props to the NFL for improvising. But, yeah. man, it was already long in person. Yeah, you going to show me these delayed responses where people are like, we're like, yo, you know you just got drafted to this team, and mm-hmm. you're still sitting there like you're waiting to get a call. Yeah, And then you get a call. They ain't even ex- celebrating or nothing. Like, I guess they don't know you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So uh, I, I got I to gotta put one of my favorite wrestlers on blast right now. You know, I, I love the Velveteen Dream. And I love it <laughs> uh, very, very much. So... This is where this is why I call a hot baby face yeah. a heel topic right here. Sizzling. That's so I'm not I'm not gonna, you know, I love Dream. I'm a good fan of his. So I'm not gonna attack Dream. I'm gonna attack just the scenario of what's going on here. So right now it's it's believed that, you know, from from his what he mentioned and the fact that this was literally a stolen, unapproved photo that got leaked beyond his permission, without his permission. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because you're always innocent until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, things happen. It's a crazy world. It's a sick world. We know. But are you going to go babyface or heel on whoever put him in this predicament right now? Oh, I'm going full heel on them because, like, if they, like, if it's just like some fake stuff, like, of course, I'm like, why? Like, why are you trying to ruin him? So, I'm just gonna go heal and them like I don't know what's going on, but I'm I'll go heal a little bit on Velveteen Dream too. Like like even if you know this stuff not true, like you know, you gotta gotta move a little different, like you in the national spotlight. So even if you I don't know if he sent that to a DM or not, I would hope not. <laughs> but like, you just you just never know, man. You, know, you just gotta move a little different, like just keep yourself out of these situations. But I'm definitely going full heel on the person that did it, cause like why, man, dream that was like my hope. I'm like, yes, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, trying to, trying to take them out of there, man. So I'm going here. Got to. We got to. I mean, again, let this be known, Dream. We love you. We rooting for you. We hoping everything is completely as you say. You know what I'm saying? And we, and we hope this doesn't mess up your future push of winning that NXT championship, baby. Yeah. I want to see it happen. It's long overdue. You know what I mean? That so, main roster debut after WrestleMania. So. That too. That too. Something. Give us something because the dream is too great for TV, man. We got to yeah. see more. We got to see more. And uh, that pretty much does it for this dope segment right now at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this was on the fly today. So, you know, I got what I could get. But don't worry. We'll have them back on in the future. We'll have some more fun Babyface of Hill segment questions for them. So, in the meantime, that was Babyface of Hill. So, here comes another Great segment that really closes out the show. Haven't done this one in a while. So 
Brian Shaw is someone, you know, literally, Daryl, as you have been someone who literally has done, well, a little bit of everything now in, in, in the indie scene. Go ahead and uh, tell the people, we're going to do this two-minute promo. I'm going to time you as we speak, because I'm going to pull up this here stopwatch. And okay. like I said, you can cut a promo on absolutely positively anything and everything you want. It is no filter whatsoever on this, baby. You got two minutes to do so. So, like you said, you can break kayfabe. You can go ahead and use kayfabe, man, <laughs> as a referee. You know, call out some talent, whatever. You can, you know, rip your favorite NFL team. Like I said, maybe if they didn't draft right and you just want to go on them for a little bit. However you want to do this thing, man, this is the official two-minute promo. So, when I count to three, you go ahead and let it rip, my friend. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. And one, two, three, you're up. All right. Y'all looking at one of the greatest refs in the entire world. Like, if you see me outside the ring, you'll see I probably got more drip than a lot of these refs do. And when it comes to wrestling, I probably got more wrestling ability and one of my farts than a lot of these wrestlers got in their entire body. And don't even get me started on these wrestling podcasters. Y'all talk about that same thing every week and notice and wonder why nobody want to listen to y'all <laughs> be different like this is going to be a straight shoot promo on everything let's talk about this nfl draft don't nobody want to see them in their house sitting in their drawers waiting on the call <laughs> saying they got picked for a team and they don't even know like we knew they got picked for the team before they did so stop all that stuff and let's get some more people in these arenas if i got to listen to one more person cough just that long cough coming backstage watching wrestling i'm gonna go crazy so Please, like, everybody stop your madness. Stop walking around with your little mask in these grocery stores buying the most non-essential stuff in the world. <laughs> Don't walk up on me. You might catch your elbow. That's all I'm saying. And I'm going back to these podcasts again. Stop. <laughs> Come up with something. Be creative. And as far as wrestling talent goes, I guess I'm going to work a little kayfabe in. Johnny Slaughter, I hate your guts. I'm going to slap the crap out of you next time I see you. That's gonna feel getting slapped in the face by a ref. I'm gonna leave my ref shirt on and just slap you across the face with the ref shirt. So how you feel getting slapped by a referee? Yeah, I guess I ain't gonna stop. I just go. I'm gonna go on a whole slapping spree. I'm slapping everybody. I'm slapping the commentators. I'm slapping the announcers. I'm going backstage. The young person taking pictures. I'm slapping them too. I'm just going on a mean slapping spree because I'm mad. I'm the angriest smart of all time. Don't nobody want to mess with me. I'm I'm going crazy already. Like you shouldn't have you shouldn't have did this to me. <laughs> now people think I'm a psychopath just trying to call out everybody like I'm going on a massive slapping spree. But hey, it's inevitable. I'm I'm just gonna slap people. I ain't gonna slap you though. No, you cool people, but getting <laughs> slapped. So and okay. time, my brother. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. You did it. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you conduct a promo for two minutes <laughs> as a referee. All right. <laughs> so this does it. For yet another full edition of the Life Sabaj Podcast. Mr. Shaw, thank you so much for coming on, brother. It is so awesome. Everybody that comes onto the show, we always consider as family, good people, cool people. We appreciate y'all, man, because this is a wrestling fraternity. This is family. This is what we do, man. We chop it up, we talk, we relate it to real life, and we laugh. And we make y'all laugh. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and tell the people where they can find your content and where they can follow you, man, and watch you grow and do your thing, man. Oh, man, well, they could um <clears throat> add me on Facebook. I'm Daryl Shaw 
on there. It's a relatively new page. Uh, I'm on Twitter. That's my uh, podcast page. That's uh, X Marks the Spot. That's S-M-A-R-K-S the Spot. Uh, my handle on there is Smart Henry. I'm the world's strongest smart. So, yes, yeah, Smart Henry 85. I'm on there. Um, that's about it as far as, like, my content goes. You can listen to X Marks the Spot on Apple and uh, Spotify. I'm on iHeartRadio now. But um, I'm usually Apple, so y'all can check me out there. And, of course, you know, Victory Championship Wrestling. When we get the ball rolling again, I'm going to start plugging their shows on my page. Um, at Mumford, Alabama, you know, come see some people. So we got some good talent there. We got Big Smooth. We got um, Legato Vine. We got the Horse of War, Scott Patterson, J.D. Rush, a whole bunch of them, man. Aaron James, uh, Freak Inc., just, uh, just a, a lot of great people there. And uh, Joshua Hagan, my trainer, is just so some, some good stuff going on at BCW. So definitely check me out there. Come on, man. Well, you already know what it is, and y'all already know who I am, man. It's your Prince, your Prince of Botch, man. Your friendly neighborhood Prince of Botch. And y'all already know, follow all things Life's a Botch podcast. Life's a Botch podcast group on Facebook. Life's a Botch podcast on Facebook. Life's a Botch podcast on Instagram. And Life's a Botch podcast on the YouTube. Also, head to www.otsguys.com. Check out the Life's a Botch podcast and many, many other dope shows that you can find under the OTS network, all right? So, y'all already know what it is, and you know what I'm about to say right now. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe. Leave your five stars. Let us know what we're doing, what we're not doing. Talk your trash. We'll probably talk trash back with you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what we do. We family. So make sure you leave those reviews. Let these folks see that this is one heck of a show to join and listen to. And at this moment, you have officially been 